3: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Now back to 95.7 The Game.
1: What is good? Welcome back. Chuck Walter, Alan Stiles with you. We have hit the 3 o'clock hour here on 95.7 The Game. The biggest news in sports today and the biggest news in sports really this entire month as we end the month of July today on the 31st, Bill Russell, an icon in social justice, an icon in activism, an icon in winning, and of course, statistically speaking, pretty dang good too. Uh, Averaged over 20 rebounds for his career. You said he snatched 20 rebounds per game from his rookie year on. Mm-hmm. And of course, ties to the Bay Area, played collegiately at the University of San Francisco, won a pair of titles. That program has never been the same since. He literally is that program. When you think of the Dons, and I know they made the tournament last year, and Bouye and all those guys were a real nice team for Todd Golden. But uh, when you talk about the University of San Francisco, the first name that gets brought up, I remember Mike Krzyzewski, when he was out here for the, uh, the regionals, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, they were practicing at USF. And before they got there, he asked his team and said, Hey, who is the best player in the University of San Francisco history? And he thought they wouldn't know. You know, these are young guys, Paolo Banquero, they're 18 years old, whatever it may be, one and done's. Every single one in harmony, Bill Russell. There you go. This guy doesn't matter if you're age 18, you're age 88. If you're a basketball fan, you know all about Bill Russell, how he transcended the game, and more importantly, everything that he did off the floor. Wonderful human being and peacefully passed away today at the age of 88. Mm -hmm. So that's the news in basketball. We're talking NFL here on this Sunday as NFL Sunday is right around the corner. And we do have some Steve Kerr sound to get to talking about Bill Russell. So we'll weave back into that in just a moment is Steve Kerr did get, did give his thoughts today on the late Bill Russell. And we will get to that in just a moment. But um, as for our talk about Carson Wentz, and I was saying that the Carson Wentz slander needs to stop this guy threw 27 touchdowns, seven picks last year It was you know, it has been pretty solid statistically speaking. The text line rightfully so jumps on me. I wouldn't say jumps on me, but just points out Wentz got COVID, then lost to the Jags in week 18, where all the Jags fans are wearing clown outfits. You know, they're wearing the mm-hmm. clown wigs and basically yeah. making fun of their franchise. And they came out and took down the Colts to keep them out of the playoffs. So that was the final straw there. But in Washington, we'll see if he has somewhat of a revival. Because he's 29 years old. He's coming into the season, so we think healthy, and it'll be interesting to see there. As for the San Francisco 49ers in the West, obviously, I think LA's the team to beat, no doubt about it. Aside from them, who are you most worried about? I know
0: you said you think Arizona's fraudulent. I mean, the Rams, you have to give the Rams respect, right? You have to give them their respect. If you're a Niners fan, then looking at that schedule, I mean, could the Seahawks just mess around and and just mess with you? Now, today, I was I was out I was out golfing today, and I played this fifteen dollar course in Concord. Shout out Buchanan, little nine hole. Played it twice. Played all nine hole, par three. There are a couple par fours mixed in there, and we played it twice. I played terribly, and I just shot very well at Olympic. I shot very well at Carica and Alameda. I played down to not my competition because you're a competition yourself. I played down to the course. I sat there, and I thought, I've been balling, and I played like garbage, and you got to be weary, and I know Shanahan's going to have these guys ready, but all that athlete speak of, you know, uh, these guys get paid too, blah, 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 you know they're terrible. I mean, Geno Smith is Tier 5, and Drew Locke is on Tier 4. I'm stunned that Geno Smith is still in the league. You nice can't. player at West Virginia. There had are, a big, there are, arm, I was but. golfing today with two Seahawks fans, and they, they, didn't, they weren't on the train. There is a big coalition of Seahawks fans that Geno Smith did not play terribly when he covered for Russ no, he was last right. season, and they think he could turn a corner. And I'm saying, you sit there and you play down to your competition. Don't get caught sleeping. You cannot afford it. You cannot afford it. So that could be a sleeper. It's, it's, in, it's in division. It's always going to be dicey.
1: So he was a second-round pick by the Jets. Geno Smith was 39th overall in the 2013 NFL Draft. West Virginia. From West Virginia. <laughs> from I mean, 2013, played all 16 games, had... Twelve touchdowns, twenty-one interceptions. He was terrible. His team was terrible. Whatever. Let's let's call it what it is. Stats don't lie. Thirteen touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. His next year, his his uh, year twenty-four when he was twenty-four years of age. Then from twenty-five to last year, he played in a total of over the course of five seasons. He played in a total of and not, I'm not saying started played in a total of eleven games mm-hmm. in five seasons. Who else? in the NFL, plays in 11 games over five seasons, and at age 31, going on 32 when the season begins, is in the mix for a, a starting quarterback job on a team like the Seahawks that have some promise. Like, who
0: else? Well, there's... it's it Because they're not even really in limbo. I don't think they're in limbo. They should be in tank mode with... You know, CJ Stroud coming and Bryce Young coming, but Pete Carroll's 70 and he legitimately does not have time to tank. So there are bubblegum duct taping this thing together, trying to just be respectable for their loyal fans out there, the 12th man. But sometimes you just got to admit, we had a good run. We got to start this thing over. And I don't know what the relationship is between Pete and the ownership, but you move on from Russ, you should have moved on from Pete Carroll. I, I'm, I'm just, that is what it is. You should have. Uh eh, I don't know about that. I, I think Pete, when you talk about
1: quarterbacks that have bought themselves some time, like a Carson Wentz or, or someone, I think Pete Carroll's bought himself some time with what he's been able to do in Seattle, considering where Seattle was beforehand in terms
0: yeah, of... Yeah, but it, it, because of that, you could make the argument the NFL is the easiest... Sport to turn it around. I know there are a lot of moving pieces, but there's no lottery. If, if you stink, you're going to get a high draft pick. It's very simple. But if you're fighting the stink, don't fight the stink. Just stink. Get you your quarterback. Get some pieces. And in two, three years, you can be back in the action. I mean, the Cardinals went out and drafted Josh Rosen, who sat there and said, there were however many mistakes made in front of me. Turns out he was the mistake. Uh, now I believe he's in Cleveland hanging out, trying to make another run or something like that. And they just said, all right, we're just going to stink again and got Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah, I mean, Josh Rosen, the fact that he wasn't even able to cut at his third, fourth string quarterback for the 49ers tells you all you need to know. But when you were talking about Justin Fields earlier and you said you think he may potentially be a bust, I was thinking about Josh Rosen and how if, you're not really showing flashes in year 2 and year 3 and I'm talking any flashes unless you're Daniel Jones, a lot of times they'll say to hell with it, you know?
0: Yeah. You're not our guy. We've seen enough. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm I'm going to switch switch gears here because we were talking about last games and and legacies and stuff and I got to tell you, man. Derek Carr and the the Las Vegas Raiders, I think something that really didn't sit well, and obviously they went out there and played their darndest, but to go out the last game, and this doesn't get talked about a lot, at least not in not in the circles that I've heard, but going out the last game in the Coliseum and losing to the Jags, that's bad. That was bad. I don't care. That was bad, and I don't think it gets talked about enough. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they put up a pretty good fight in the, the playoffs, and I think
1: that's what we remember last was they were a play away from potentially I, I'm, beating Super Bowl I'm just, talk, Bowl I'm just
0: talking, I mean, look, you never know what the Raiders, they could be back in Oakland in 2045. Who who knows, right? But to just, because I was there, man, I was there, and just the feeling of, all right, these are the, the Raider fans that are still trying to ride. Look, it's the How Jazz. How good was that team, though? The Jags? No, I'm talking about the that. That was the season where they had a. I believe it was one of their collapse seasons, where you know they started out a bit hot and then ended up finishing seven and nine. So the usual.
1: The Jags, man, ruining dreams. Just ruining we were talking dreams. about the
0: Colts last year and the clown outfits
1: and last game in the Coliseum. Shut it down. You had one job. One job. Beat the Jags. Are well, we John. sure that, that 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 Jags team stunk? I remember. I remember. I mean, you could point team. to about fifteen of the last twenty Jags teams and say there's a good chance they probably stunk. Right. Right. When did they? When they had, they had, a few had the years little with David Girard. Yeah. Well. Well, it wasn't that far back. It, the, oh, with uh, with mustache. Yes. With, uh, exactly. Was Is the that the Gardner, Gardner- Minshew year? It. It.
0: It might have. May been. have been a decent Jags team. I don't recall that being the case. I don't recall that being the case. They finished fourth in the AFC South. Okay. So that's
1: <laughs> that's usually fair to say that they stink. Unless it's this year's AFC West, then if you finish fourth in the division, you may actually be pretty good. You might make the playoffs yeah. at this point. Sheesh. Um, thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks. Text line, 888-957-9570. Are the Seahawks wise to blow it up, or does this team have one final run with Pete Carroll in them. Because I wonder outside of the quarterback position. If you threw. Take Russell Wilson out of the mix. Let's say you throw in. Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, yeah, let's say Jimmy. You throw Jimmy into the mix. They have a decent team or are they just doomed to. Because they got the receivers. Here's the thing about the the Seahawks running backs. I don't know about your strategy in fantasy football. But for me. I'm always running back first. I get the. The most top tier running back I can get. Then you kind of hit a wall on running backs and you got to go with receiver second Mm -hmm. or unless you're going Kittle or um, uh, Travis Kelsey or any of those other tight ends. Or if you're one of those psychopaths that takes a quarterback in the second round. And sometimes they're the guys that end up winning the league. You Mm -hmm. know, they take Tom Brady number 12 overall. It's like, you can get a quarterback in the eighth round. But anyways, the Seahawks are always one of those teams that have about three running backs that are handcuffed. That you don't know if it's going to be Penny or Chris Carson, Carson. or whoever it may be. And you, I always end up taking one of them to be my RB two, and it just never works out. I, yeah, since Sean Alexander, and I'm just spitballing here, not looking anything. Well, on. Marshawn,
0: Marshawn, since Marshawn, who's been their guy? I feel like they've been... They They tried to... To be honest, they tried to do... Or it seems like they've been trying to do the Niner thing. Right? The different backs, different pace backs. And it just hasn't worked out. I mean, Carson, I believe they finally have just moved on from... These guys just can't... No matter who they had, none of them could stay on the field. But I do want to throw something at you. And I think that this might upset some Niner fans... But I'm ready for it because I have strong feelings, and I might be called a casual because of this, and that's fine. But the whole Kelsey versus Kittle thing is very intriguing to me. I've been on Team Kelsey. I think that Travis Kelsey has been the better tight end, You've been a better playmaker, but that doesn't really point to overall the better. Yeah. So the arguments that I hear about Kittle. He's just as good as a pass catcher. He blocks, and he hasn't played as much. He's been injured. But to me, the best ability is availability. And Travis Kelsey has been doing it at a high level for a very long time. And so I just have to continue to give the edge. You you can't talk. If you're talking who has the highest ceiling or whatever the case is when they are on the field, if you want to make that argument for Kittle, cool. But I don't think you can sit here and call Kittle Kittle better than Travis Kelsey based on the last number of years. Travis Kelsey has been on the floor. Who had the better quarterbacks? But then but then what do we do? But then what are we doing, though, with that? Like, how do you evaluate anyone?
1: Kelsey's definitely flashier. And the thing is, Kittle's pretty flashy, too. I mean, they're both very large
0: personalities, similar personalities, I would say. Yeah. And Cam, I'm not trying to disregard your statement, but it's a slippery slope. If we start saying, well, Kittle's better because he had Jimmy Garoppolo, well, then we can just start putting people everywhere, right? Then we can start saying, well, David Carr would have been a Hall of Famer. Justin Jefferson's better than Devontae Adams. Right, because, you know, so that's a slippery slope, but it's a valid one. I don't know what to do, but what I do know is in the Bay Area, everyone thinks that Kittle is so disrespected and he's just as good as Kelsey. It, It is possible, and some of that is play calling. Right, But at the same time, everybody says Kyle Shanahan, offensive guru, this, that, and the third. And that is also Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the OG to this. And I just think that everybody, a lot of Niner fans just want to say Kittle's better than Kelsey because you are a Niner fan and I get all that. But you can't tell me that based on production and just a, the ability to be on the field – you cannot pick Kittle over Kelsey. You can't. I mean, Kelsey's the
1: best tight end, and you could put Gronk in the same sentence, but in our lifetimes, mm-hmm. I mean, Stewart's got to be He'd up be like there. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, Stewart. Gonzalez. Tony Stewart would be a NASCAR driver. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Gonzalez. Excuse me. Um, anyways, a few texts I want to get to uh 510 styles our raiders are 40 to 1 to win it all slapped two bills on it when i was in vegas during the nba summer league
0: he says go raiders wow. baby 40 to 1 odds wow 510 and you got to go to summer league i'm jealous i'm jealous i'm try- i'm trying to go next year man 40 to 1 odds to win it all and for look the at the raiders. raiders team raiders niners super bowl i'm there
1: i don't care i'm there if you bet that exacta right there that exacta box and said Raiders 49ers meet in the Super Bowl and pick the winner. I don't Mm -hmm. even know what offshore site you'd have to get to get that bet (laughs) in, but you could get... You could put down about twenty
0: to win fifteen yeah, grand. That'll, that'll that get then. you on a uh, bleacher report betting, a yeah. post on that. This, you, Dar- guy Dar- put down, yeah. Yeah, this guy put down this to win a hundred thousand dollars. Speaking of, I was at the state fair yesterday in Sacramento. Dude, dude I feel like you've been to like nine state fairs I, since no, I've been. No, I, I went to the Alameda County Fair and then I went to the state fair yesterday. It's the last weekend. I believe today's the last day go check it out if you haven't. And look, I'm calling myself and, you know, my wife and my sister who came with us as well. We are warriors, man. You go Alameda to Sacramento in a day and back. It's 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 tough sledding. It Took 2 hours 15 minutes to get to the fair. And I said, "Look, we're staying for 4 hours. We're, we are getting our fill because it took us 2 hours to get there. Um, and I bet the horses out there. That's why You made me think of it when you said exacto. So I won a little bit. I lost more than I won. And there are only five horses, so you're not going to win a ton of money. So you have to bet some niche type things if you want to win any type of money.
1: A couple things. So I'll delve into the personal life here a bit. First, when it comes to horse racing, one of my first jobs in television, not that long ago, about four years ago, Lexington, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So big horse racing right? The Bluegrass, man. So Kentucky Derby every year. So I got into it for a bit. and acted like I was the horse racing God and went to Churchill downs and won like two, three bets. There is no doubt that is the, and if there are any horse racing aficionados out there, they would argue otherwise. Cause somehow people win money on this sport. But if you are a novice, just go into an event to, to place money, it's the dumbest bet you can make. You're losing money ever. I mean, right. think about it. You're putting money on a baseball game. Uh, let's just bet no run first inning or a run this first inning. There's so many different ways where you get 50-50 odds just mm-hmm. about or the house takes a little bit more. But in, in horse racing, man, you could go an entire day, lose every Everything. single bet. So hard to win money.
0: I yeah. don't know how people Well, do even it. when you win, the odds are pretty brutal. And if you pick a favorite, I mean, you could win and win $3, right? You have to get a little spicy... If you're trying to take home 50 bucks, something like that. Now, when we were at Alameda County Fair, there were seven horses. We came up about 200 bucks because we hit one big one yeah. that paid us 90. But those five horse races, I mean, they're, it's for fun. It's the, for fun. The other personal story
1: I was getting to. So you said that Sacramento drive from Alameda was tough. Mm-hmm. Before I started working at Channel 5 at KPIX, I was doing the sports at KOVR, filling in up there, which is CBS in Sacramento. Every day made the commute from the peninsula to Sacramento. And it was about 90 minutes on the way back, which was tough. I mean, that's a lot of time. With your personal thoughts in a car. You yeah, know? So, it was there's only,
0: only so many podcasts you can well, listen to before you're like, no, and, and like, I got some demons. I, I mean, what I say is I don't think anyone has ever that has driven between the hours of 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Everybody. There is nobody that has ever driven past Scandia going above the speed limit. It's always under because there's always traffic. And it's funny because the CHP thing is right there. That's the worst spot for the CHP because you're not pulling anyone over. Yeah. There's nowhere to speed. Yeah. There's nowhere to drive. Dude, so I would, I would make the drive and you had to leave
1: before like, and the problem was my shift started technically. Our first show was at five, six, and then we had an 11 o'clock show. So I wouldn't want to get there at 1 p.m. But if you left after like noon, traffic was terrible. And on Fridays, because of that Tahoe traffic, it took me three and a half hours to get up there sometimes yeah, <laughs> to go anchor a few sportscasts and then an hour and a half on the way back. So five hours of my day was just spent on the road. I'm like, how am I doing this? No, it's But rough. anyways, you'd hit the traffic getting onto the Bay Bridge and I'd get off on like 6th Street and just wouldn't move for like 45 minutes, would finally get on the bridge. You'd get over the bridge, then you'd hit more traffic right there around Berkeley then you'd be smooth sailing for 45 minutes into Vacaville, and then you'd hit the worst of it all. You'd have to go back roads.
0: That is a tough, one. No, Now, tough 80, 80 is bad. The worst ones, to me, 80 and four. and Not four. No, it is four. 80 and four when you get past Concord, when you start going towards Pittsburgh and Antioch. We can ask Sterling about this. Even Cam. Cam knows. Cam, they've been working on four since probably before you were born. Oh, yeah, all the time. Same thing with the BART stations. The whole time, it's always <laughs> been construction. And that's how it is with a lot of these freeways within the Bay Area. You see this construction that's been going on for years, and it's it's came to the point that I don't think it's ever going to get finished at all. No, I, no, just like that bullet train that was supposed to go from San Francisco to Los Angeles. That just never happened. Same idea, same idea. Getting back to Kittle... And Kittle versus Kelsey nine two five chiming in. How about Kittle as a better blocker? I'll give you. I, I will give you that. I'll get that's. I led with that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And then you have the four eight zero. Kittle is a big motivator for this team. He's also more multifunctional. Kittle is such a big part of the run game being successful. Kittle's just a monster. I agree, but at the same time, I'm just saying that Kelsey has just been more. Dependable when it comes to being on the field and having that production while on the field. But if you if Kittle performed at this level throughout, I think he would be considered right now better than. I think Kelsey still has a better career. Yeah, but saying
1: Kelsey's better than Kittle is no slap in the face to to Kittle whatsoever. But I we're think, talking but we Kelsey this, band.
0: But we go through this every year. But again, I'm talking about Niner fans specifically. Most Niner fans, I feel, believe that Kittle is better than Kelsey. At one point, maybe it went away because Kelsey was a bit quiet last season. But I was in trust me, I was in multiple 888-957-9570,
1: 7, Is George Kittle the better, not just pass catcher, not just blocker, overall well rounded player? Has he had the better career than Travis Kelsey? And who knows about that? A couple things I wanted to get into as well on the text line. 510, uh, Bill Russell, proud, legendary graduate from McClymans High in Oakland. We mentioned that earlier, and we're going to get to Steve Kerr since we're up against it after the break. He did have some words on uh, the late Bill Russell, who passed away today at the age of 88 years old. But yeah, McClymans High, it was really interesting to read up on him and see that he did not make the JV team, mm-hmm. cut from the JV team. And then wound up being a transcendent player in basketball and a household name amongst pretty much every basketball fan on the globe. Mm-hmm. That is a life well lived. We're up against it. Chuck and Allen on 95 7 The Game. When we come back, we're taking your calls and talking some more about the San Francisco 49ers. Be right
3: back.
1: We are back, Chuck and Allen, with you on this Sunday, 90 minutes to go in the show on the last day of July here in our downtown San Francisco studios. Bill Russell today at the age of 88, passed away peacefully, raised in Oakland, a two-time national champion at USF in 1955 and 1956, transcended the game of basketball. Here is Warriors head coach Steve Kerr on Bill Russell today.
2: I want to take the time to commemorate the life of Bill Russell. What a sad day today to hear of Bill's passing at the age of 88, especially for those of us in the Bay Area. Bill uh, was McClyman's high, great, two-time NCAA champion at USF and, of course, the greatest NBA champion of all time with the Boston Celtics. Bill's life meant so much more than just his exploits on the court. As we all know, he was an incredible voice in Uh, the fight for an equal and just society. During a time where it was very difficult for athletes to speak up, Bill Russell was fearless in his quest to ask for and to demand social justice for African-American people around this country and around the world. Bill has always been somebody who the entire NBA has looked up to and revered And today is a a day to celebrate his incredible life and to mourn his passing and to also send our thoughts to his family. Bill Russell from the Warriors organization, rest in peace. You were an amazing man.
1: Well said. Amazing man. You notice how he didn't end it with amazing basketball player? Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's about more than that. Right. Amazing man. And and the man that he was off the court and everything that he said about social justice and speaking up for what he believed in and making a change and creating a better world than the one that he walked into. That's who Bill Russell
0: was. Yeah. And I think... It's a great point because when you talk about the Charles Barkley's of the world who has said, you know, when they were professional athletes, hey, I'm not a role model, right? I, I, I just play a sport. I've never told your kids or whoever to look up to me. I just play a sport. And I do think there is a, a balance between that. I, I believe that when people say athletes shouldn't raise your kids, you should raise your kids. Well, I feel like when people say that, that's the assumption that everyone has. Two parents that are attentive, right? And have time to, you know, shape their kids the way they would like. That doesn't necessarily include single parents. That doesn't include parents that are working double, triple shifts. And your kid is in front of the TV a lot of the times just to try to pass the day. And who do you see on TV? If you're watching sports, you're going to see these athletes. So I do think there's some part of this where you have a bit of a responsibility that it comes with the gig, the same way you have media availability and things like that. Now, nobody is telling you to be Bill Russell, but its it does give you an opportunity to do things like Bill Russell did, and you use basketball as your vehicle to give yourself a voice. And once you have that voice, what do you do with it? We're not saying that you have to do anything with it because you are Simply an athlete, you can do with that what you want, but we have to sit there and applaud those that decide to go above and beyond when it comes to being an athlete and using that voice that we see, that we believe in, that we trust, that we listen to because of your greatness playing a sport to do good in the world. And that's what Bill Russell did. And I'm not 100% familiar with it, so correct me if I'm wrong, textline
1: or you, Alan, but I want to say that people got on Michael Jordan about that, that he didn't speak up as much as, you know, some other athletes had in the past.
0: And he, and he said, you know, my job is to play basketball, not yeah. to get into politics or whatever it may be. Right, right. Now, Mike, besides, and we're not getting into the gambling or anything like that, but besides that, Mike was on the court. He's your role model, but off the court, I wouldn't say he was a terrible guy, but he wasn't on the outside looking and it didn't seem like he was doing all these different things that the Bill Russells of the world were doing. And and I think that is something that he addressed in Last Dance as far as I was, you know, in a different place. I, you know, and there was the famous quote when it comes to I believe it was Democrats versus Republicans. And somebody said, well, Republicans buy shoes too or or buy Nikes too, something like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with simply being an athlete. Today is just a day where you applaud those that decide that they want to be more than that and that they want to take the voice that they have because they are an athlete and make the world a better place. You don't have to. Nobody's making you, but everybody you have a voice more so than than others. And when, you know, people say this is a day where a lot of people, I see this take a lot. And it's well, a lot of people are doing good in the world. Why don't we talk about them? Why are we talking about these athletes? Well, it's because let's be honest. We're not to, we're not saying a lot of people don't do great in the world. But there are people that are given not given, they work towards certain situations and then they can, they they can just coast, right? Like Bill Russell could have just lived his life being a basketball player beloved by everyone champion all that he said no i want to do more so in those situations we're not taking anything away from the everyday people that stick up for what's right social justice whatever the case may be we're just saying the people that you know when it comes to the media when it comes to society they are held in a higher regard because they are famous those people that decide to go the extra mile you have to applaud them and give them their flowers as much as you can while they're living and, of course, also once they go. Yeah, I mean, massive platform. And on that platform,
1: he stood tall and uh, did everything the right way. Received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, uh, boycotted that 61 exhibition game over discrimination, and then, I mean, think about this. Led Mississippi's first integrated basketball camp ever. Mississippi. Mississippi back in the you know 50s and 60s mm-hmm. I mean just imagine the pushback he got on that and then played his basketball in Boston mm-hmm. we all know what Boston was supposed to be like in the 50s and 60s so yeah crazy stuff there saw the call line light up for a second looks like we lost you call back if um, you wanted to hop on the show back to the 49ers what's your overall take so far? Four days through camp? Five days through camp?
0: Defense looks good. Typically, the defense is ahead of the offense. And a, a bi- I think a big note when it comes to Trey Lance that we talked about pre-show is that there are no checkdowns. So when you hear everybody talking about the incompletions, they're working on certain things, right? They, they're, they're forcing you to be uncomfortable because they're working on certain things. So... This is only the first week. You're going to get pads on. Hopefully you get Debo. At some point, you can get this contract signed. Get him out there. I believe it's going to be pretty soon. DK Metcalf, who has the same agent, he just signed. And he's getting the ball thrown to him by Geno Smith. So if he is signing up for that, you got to get Debo on the field, moving around. The whole thing is funny to me because he's working out on his own. If the idea is, all right, Debo doesn't want to get hurt. And I and obviously he's doing different things on his own. But if you're over there sprinting, and no, I'm not Debo Samuel or or you or any or not an elite athlete, right? At least not anymore or never to that level. I mean, you can pull a hammy, you can you can injure your. He's not doing nothing. So it's just funny to me because he has to work out and stay in shape. Everybody's been saying he's been, you know, we were talking about Zion during the break and the the weight thing looked like. Debo been out there having some shrimp and grits. That may be muscle. No, in the in the in the in the rear. In the rear? Is he trying to bat someone down in the post? Squats, man. <laughs> Squats, man. Most effective
1: form of squat uh, exercise. Right. Most just, effective form of exercise. Get your squat game right. You know I you got know? my CPT right? I hear you. Certified, baby. I hear you. Or, former Orange Theory coach. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That, you know what? <laughs> the cult, man. I'm not surprised.
0: Uh, I thought you were going to say berries.
1: Dude, but, I had to make money somehow. Yeah, I hear ya. you. You got to make money somehow. In this economy, sometimes you got... <laughs> Yeah, train. Anyways, I'm looking to the right. We just to set the scene here. We got TVs in the corner, and we got Tony Finow on the right, and then we got the World Championships of Tag. I mean, is this the coolest thing you've seen since Slam Ball? You remember that Slam Ball? Slam Ball
0: was actually Slam cool. Ball was sweet. No, I don't know what is, happened. This to is it. trash.
1: No, this is great, man. No, this is awful. World Championships of Tag. I'd give you the play-by-play, but I don't know if we have the rights
0: from ESPN. No, I don't. I don't want them.
1: Anyways, uh, 49ers. One of the big things that Shanahan's talked about this camp so far is how much more improved the secondary is. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest question marks that everyone has going in, aside from the quarterback position, which is well-documented, the offensive line.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have half of it figured out. Right now, I mean, I think the words were used musical chairs. That's not great. Never great. Specifically when you have... A second-year quarterback, and I feel I don't even like saying second-year quarterback. Can we come up right now with a new name? I I've said redshirt rookie. Can we stick with redshirt rookie? Because I'm going to stick with redshirt rookie. Because no, say, I, I don't saying, even think you need to
1: say redshirt rookie. You can just say a redshirt quarterback. Because that's in, in collegiate athletics, you can play your
0: two three games. Right? Because I'm not saying second-year quarterback. That's not fair to no, Trey. He's a redshirt. i that's that's how I feel. I also I also feel that whatever Trey does, if, if the team underperforms, I would say the expectation is to make the playoffs. I'm very intrigued by Niner fans and how much leeway Trey is going to get knowing that this is, in reality, his first year and he's 22 years old. Because the venom that he receives if he doesn't play well, to me... He was. I wouldn't say put in a position to fail because he's on a great team. I mean, Justin Fields is essentially in a position to fail, but he's not in a position to fail whatsoever. No, um, no I'm. But he, I'm just saying, in the he's in a position to thrive and but, take his team but, to a Super Bowl. But okay, but at the same time, everyone talks about how you have to learn how to play in the NFL. You have to do this. You have to do that. He hasn't really played. So, I, it, how good does your team have to be for you to? For it to supersede the fact that you haven't had a full season starting in the NFL and there are expectations to make the playoffs.
1: Expectations to to make the playoffs. But his personal expectations when it comes to the way that he performs, I think, and we we brought up the word serviceable, and there were a few people on the text line that were like, if Trey Lance, if we're just hoping for serviceable from this guy this year, then we made a bad decision trading all these picks to get up and get this guy. But I, I don't either. What I have said from day one and what I want to see this year with Trey Lance is just consistent improvement mm-hmm. improvement to the point where when you get to week 17 of the season, regardless of what the record is, you go into next year feeling like, all right, we have our quarterback
0: and not, we may what be do in we trouble. Do? Yeah, we may do? be in trouble. Yeah. Are we looking you for can't, a quarterback? You can't, yes. If you, and it depends maybe on how it looks. Let's say the Niners miss the playoffs, but let's say Trey looks good for looks better as they move throughout the season. Do Niner fans ride that and say, hey, we missed the playoffs, but Trey did look good towards the end of the year. He got better every game. You'd have to, because everything you've heard about is intangibles. You've you've
1: heard he has the talent to make the plays. And granted, these are coming from people that, you know, like Kyle Shanahan's not going to come out and say our roster stinks. He, mm-hmm. he comes out every day and says, this is the best roster I've had since I've been in Santa Clara. And that's what most coaches do. You know, it, it's you, you hear it all the time. Like it, coming from a local news background, I'd go and do these high school previews and I'd go right. out and I'd be like, hey, coach, how's your team going to be this year? I uh, You know, our quarterback, Bo, he's great. He can make all the throws Our running back. Tommy, he's a he's a superstar and then they go out and lose their first game 70 to nothing. And they just absolutely what are you supposed suck. To do? That's what I'm saying. You only have one thing you can do. You got to go out there and you got to talk up your team. Yeah. So, with that being said, what we've heard about Trey Lance is that he has all the talent in the world. Boom. I checked that off the list. Um, he has the head, you know, he's smart. He is a sponge when it comes to retaining information and he's extremely coachable. So if he has the talent and he has the head, then he should be getting better. And if he's not getting better, then he may not have the talent or he may not have the head. We may just be hearing this. If you don't see any of the talent this year, if he can't make the throws, if his arm doesn't look that strong, if his spiral's a wounded duck, then you start to look at it and say, all right, you know, I'm not a football coach here, but he just doesn't look that good. But with that being said, he's got 17 games to at least show flashes that going into the next year, he's the
0: guy. But that's my whole point when it comes to the decision to pick Trey Lance, that his timeline almost has to be accelerated because their window is now. That's the thing. Like It would have
1: somewhat made sense, and I know no one's going to want to hear the JG word here, but we're saying it anyways. It would have made sense to ride Jimmy for one more year if there was no friction and all this stuff. Ride it for one more year. Get Trey as reps on the side, and you know put them in there the following year. But at the same time, we've said it over and over: iron sharpens iron. In order to get better, you're not getting better by sitting on the sideline. You got to go out there. You got to fail. You got to learn from failure.
0: That's that's the question. And we're seeing the 408 chime in. Trey Lance, the untrue freshman. I like that too. (laughs) I like that too. The question is. This whole sit sitting thing. We knew we know Aaron Rodgers sat for a couple of years behind Brett Favre. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. Let's say these guys come in and just played their first year. Would there would they would they be any different as quarterbacks today? Would they be better? Would they be worse? When you talk about sitting Trey Lance again, you have to you knew what Jimmy's ceiling was or what it is. Trey Lance, you're Sitting and learning the playbook that can only get you so far. You got to get these reps in you. Maybe if you didn't give up the picks and if you organically had that high of a pick to get Trey Lance, that's one thing. But you gave up picks to get him. The only way he's going to get better is to get out there. And I, he, I wouldn't have done another
1: year. I, I, agree. I mean, here's the thing. Everyone said that he has the playmaking abilities that Jimmy just does not have. Mm-hmm. So you got to ride that hand. You have to. There's no doubt about it. He's your guy. You got to ride that hand. We're gonna see. It's going to be interesting, but I don't think from day one, he's going to step in there and dazzle people, but you really never know. Everyone points to his numbers in camp and they're like, he's throwing picks, this and that. Look, last year, everyone said Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football. You remember that chatter? Yeah. All the NFL insiders are like, yeah, Jamar Chase, he, he's got stone hands. He's just dropping footballs left and right. How'd that work out? You know, Patrick Mahomes, I remember in 2018, I read an article that said like, he's not ready or whatever it
0: is. Came in that year. He was a superstar. When that and, and those are always funny. And you know the, the Twitter freezing cold takes because they'll find you and they will expose you. You bring up a good point when you talk about Jamar Chase and just hearing the chatter, things like that. And when you talk about player empowerment and being able to quote unquote clap back at your haters or your doubters, whatever the case is. Do you think in that way... Social media has allowed athletes an easier path to ignore that stuff because back in the day, let's say somebody wrote a scathing article about whoever it was. Let's just say before the days of social media. So we don't have to go back that far. All you could do is say the right things. And and it was also a different time. You're expected to behave differently, I'd say. Now, it's just the Wild Wild West with social media. So somebody writes a terrible article about you. The only way you can combat it is to get on the field, right? Now, obviously, you have the fans that are rooting for you, whatever it is. But you have to sit on that article or whatever it is for the rest of, of the week or whenever the next game is, whatever the season is, to prove them wrong. Nowadays, and it could be who who any athlete, Jamar Chase, they hop on Twitter just like Lamar Lamar Jackson had his haters. He said, "Well, that was in a press conference where he said people hated Jesus too, and I'm not Jesus, so I'm not really tripping." But you can hop on, you can quote tweet, you can say these guys are ridiculous, and you go and you re- and athletes can say they don't read stuff. Of course they do. You see all the comments, you see the hate, but you also see everybody saying, "Dude, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about." You're, you know, you're the goat. You're this. You're that. I just feel like this athlete isn't bothered as much by the media talking bad about them because they have so many avenues to plead their case there are very few people out there if anyone that has zero haters
1: because the thing is even if you don't have any haters you have an internet troll that just wants to stir the pot Mm -hmm. and is going to toss some hate you that episode of south park or whatever where randy's randy marsh or whatever's behind you know and he's just like this is funny and turns into the internet troll i don't know if you saw that episode or even watched that show but anyways (laughs) uh, with that being said the quote that you just said it's the yeah well you know jesus was perfect and they crucified him so Mm -hmm. imagine what they're going to do to you right you know if you're not perfect so you make good points there i do think trey lance is being undervalued right now Undersold a little. I bit, don't know. Louis Riddick being said a, long shot for MVP. I'm saying undersold. I'm basically saying people are sleeping on Trey Lance a bit.
0: But I'm saying, but I'm saying, if Louis Riddick is saying in Trey Lance's first real year as a starter, he's a long shot for MVP. That's at least one person who's not. It's one person. But can we find the? Can we find anyone that's in the middle ground with Trey Lance? I, I, th- all, I, think, I, I think they're sitting right here. All I've, I think we're talking all I've heard, heard is he's going to be. He's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes or he's the next Jamarcus Russell? Where is the middle? I think he's going to start off a pretty serviceable
1: NFL quarterback. And then by week eight, week nine, we're going to see signs of like, oh, this guy can play. There's Mm -hmm. a reason this guy went third. There's a reason this. Look, if the front office knows what they're doing and at the end of the day, you have to hope they do. You have to believe in them because if
0: not. Well, oh, yeah, it's good night. Yeah,
1: it is it is. It Curry night-night. It, it's like the Giants with Farhan. You yeah. know, you, you got to believe in Farhan. You have no choice. And, and then he, he knows what he's doing, because if not, Giants are in trouble. Right. Because <laughs> no they're, they're doing this Farhan method and everything, and if, if it doesn't work out, they may stink for a while. Yeah. Um, because they're putting a lot of eggs into the farm system. But with that being said, they traded all these picks to move up to three and snatch this guy, and we never really know – because no one's going to come out and say it. And we could speculate all we want, but no one's there were all the talks of, "Oh, well, you know, John wanted him, but Kyle wanted Mac Jones, and that's why he was upset, and that's why he didn't start him." And there's all these different conspiracy theories that go around, but we don't know. But what we do know is they traded up to number 3 to get this guy. They have faith in him. So I do too. Yeah. You have my faith until you lose me. This is a franchise that's been to Two of the last three NFC championships went healthy. They've,
0: let's call it the last two. Why don't you have faith in them right now? That's all the speculation that's going on as far as they, did they trade up to get Trey Lance? Or did they trade up to get a quarterback who ended up being Trey Lance? Nobody really knows. Because the smoke and mirrors behind Mac Jones, we don't know if it was really smoke and mirrors but his ceiling wasn't high enough, and he was too similar to Jimmy. And you got this Corvette in Trey Lance who could be extremely good. And that is, that is really what's going to come out years from now. And the Niners 30 for 30, whether it works out or not, it's going to come out as to whether they wanted Trey Lance from the jump or going into draft night. They still didn't know because there is a thought that possibly, they possibly did not know.
1: That's the burning question, and that's what I want to know from you. Call line, text line, 888 957 9570. Shoot us a text, give us a call. I know that you're driving around right now on your way up to Sacramento, to the East Bay, to South Bay, to Pacifica, wherever it may be. You got some time. Call in, join the show, join the conversation, and let's chat some football as the season is right around the corner. The four o'clock hours coming up next. It's Chuck and Alan on 957